Welcome to Sacrifice to Success Podcast. My name is David Weaver, and I am the owner of The Forgotten Heart Project. My mission is to help others create freedom in every aspect of their life. In this season of the podcast, we are talking life, business, and what makes you feel alive. We are speaking with business owners and entrepreneurs from all over, hearing about the sacrifices, the learnings, the twists, the turns, the ups and downs, and the successes that they have had in life and business. These are their stories. Okay, welcome everybody. Today, my guest we have today is Joya Das. Welcome, Joya. Hey, David. Nice to be with you. How's it going out there? It's going great. It's just a little bit, you know, cloudy, cold, and rainy. How about for New York? It is January in New York. So the best way to describe it is gray and cold. And I can't wait to get some vitamin D in Florida in a couple of weeks, (laughs) which we lovingly call our sixth borough. Nice. Yeah, that's so funny. It's like about the same here. Every every February, I'm like, oh, yeah, we got to go south. This is too much gray. It is right. And it's just, it's just such a a downer in terms of weather and summer seems so far off. Yeah, for sure. Awesome. Okay. Well, so tell us a little bit about yourself, who you are and what you do. Sure thing. So my name is Joya. And for the last 20 years, my identity and my avatar here in New York City has been that I've been a news anchor. And very specifically, I covered the financial markets from the floor of the New York Stock Exchange. So every hour as you're getting an update on the markets, I was stationed on the trading floor and I would give you that update. Um, But my business today really is informed by a personal pain point. I was born to Indian immigrant parents And as things go, they have very prescriptive scripts on how their children are going to be raised and double that for girls. Mm -hmm. And I just wasn't having it because I was born and raised here and I wanted a different life. I knew since I was four years old that I wanted to become a news anchor. And so I left home at 18 and I paid for college by myself and I paid for grad school by myself and I paid for every move around the country to come to New York and live out my childhood dream of being Tom Brokaw. So um, I had to become super scrappy uh, building a network because I knew nobody in journalism and I had no role models. And um, so I learned to build that network to get here, but I also realized that nobody teaches that. And then even when you learn, like you can learn by watching other people, but then where do you go to practice and make your mistakes? So at the 10 year mark of my career, I decided I was just gonna create the space for that brand of conversation to happen. Because as Indian women, we're raised to be married off like chattel. That is the holy grail. But where do we go to have conversations about being CEO, COO, managing director, senior counsel, or in my case, a news anchor? That's so Um, cool. Yeah. And um, so my business turns 10 this year. Um, I've been in business for a long time. I've left television to run this full time. And I would say that the outcome of working with me today is that you learn courage, you learn leadership and you learn where your personal story finds its way into your leadership. Very cool. So wait, like, let's go back for one second. You said at four years old, you knew you wanted to be a news anchor. Yeah. My dad, every night at six 30 would turn on NBC nightly news with Tom Brokaw. And 
I would sit on the floor. I remember our apartment was very green in downtown Harrisburg, Pennsylvania, where I grew up. And I would sit on the floor and I would grab all the like eight by 10 pieces of paper I could find in the house and spread them around the coffee table so that I could look as important and as industrious as Tom Brokaw. (laughs) And I think for my dad, it was very patently American to watch the news every night and be informed. But I don't think that he realized that his little girl sitting by his feet was actually thinking about her future and was looking at it at the on the screen. Yeah. Yeah, I bet. That's awesome. I'm always curious, like, you know, when you have that childhood dream, what that little spark is. And so, you know, just as simple as your dad watching the news every night started that. I'll take it one step further, though. I think that for me today, um, and probably a deal breaker for me, even while I was a news anchor, is that I wasn't reading anybody else's script. I always wrote everything I said, and, and it was the writing piece that was like oxygen for me since I was Mm. a little girl. I think that the fact that I got to deliver it was the bonus, but I was really invested in the actual creative writing piece of it. Nice. So if you don't mind sharing, how did it go when you told your parents, this is what I'm going to do? Are you allowed? I know you have children. Am I allowed to have expletives? I basically (laughs) went with both fingers raised. And and there's another piece of my personal story that feeds into this, which is that I also grew up in a home of domestic violence. And so I really saw a lot of the repercussions for having a voice. And so for me, like I just was a precocious child and I knew that I wanted to leave and better had to be outside that home. And I didn't know what better was, but I knew it had to be after I left. So I think that was point number one. And then point number two is that my parents were not the most the best stewards of their money. Mm. And so uh, they put enrolled me in a very expensive college, but they didn't save for that expensive college. So when the financial stewardship of that process fell into my lap, I kind of felt like you don't really have a right to say anything to me anymore. Mm. You know, and, and yeah. the financial piece of it isn't something that you really get to hold over my head. So I think that it was kind of, it, it was sort of, they expected me to take my tail between my legs and come back home. And I just kept going. Nice. I can, I can see that. I just, I get this energy from you. I just talked to you for a few minutes. <laughs> yeah. That's very cool. Okay. So then, so you started your business and now you're, you're helping people with courage and leadership. Um, so what does that look like? Well, a lot of women come to me for public speaking training. They're like, they see me and they're like, I want to talk like that. I want to have that mm. kind of command over a room. So normally that's kind of the the poll, like people have either seen me on television for a long time at a time when Indian girls weren't on television. So a lot of women were coming to share that they wanted to be better speakers, or they were doing something other than doctor, lawyer, engineer. Um, So the feeder can be either they want to be a part of my leadership platform, and they want a sounding board to be able to bring their challenges, because we all know that you can share it with your colleagues at work, but that can come back to bite you in the ass. So with my leadership platform, I've created that sounding board of women, where you can come and bring your challenges every week, but you're actually getting the solutions to those challenge in real time from a, a group of your peers. If you're coming for uh, public speaking, I think a lot of people don't believe that their personal stories actually have a place in their leadership. Um, I was coaching a gal who is a banker and she's got two of the top performing teams in Canada. And she just didn't see how she could bring her personal stories into her leadership and what she was gonna be doing next. And we worked together and you and I both know this, that it's personal stories, the stories that sell you on the vision or sell you on the product or sell you on the client. 
And so what I'm really teaching is that storytelling, some courage. I think people come in expecting confidence, but they actually get courage to be able mm. to tell those stories. Most people don't have that. And, um, and now that you're a well-oiled machine and you have become very clear on your story and how to speak up, then I sort of siphon people into my membership platform because now you can show up and ask for what you want in a way that you probably couldn't do before. Mm. Yeah, that's so cool. Because uh, I mean, how many of us grow up with this not deserve sort of blanket that, <clears throat> you know, can permeate us? Oh, a hundred percent. And again, double that for Indian women, which I can say now they've been doing it for 10 years, that not deserving is a big one, a big one that I've personally can say I've worked through, but I see, I see, I see that come up again and again, and I'm sure you see it in your work too. Yeah, for sure. Okay. Well, that sounds like such a cool, uh, this, this whole thing is awesome. But, um, so tell me about like starting this business. So you were, you, I'm assuming when you were, you were reporting, you were working for a company, right? And then yeah, I was, I was on the air, but I used to do morning television. So yeah. that meant that I was up at two 30 and work by three 30 on the air by five. And then I was hosting events in the evening. So one part of my day also had to give because it turned out I wasn't being present for either part of my day. Yeah. <laughs> Not enough hours for waking up at three o'clock in the morning. That's for sure. Not enough energy. <laughs> yeah. Right. Um, okay. So, so then you, you started your own business. And so tell me about like one of the challenges in, in creating that and growing that, that you have run into. Again, when I started a business, I didn't know what I was doing. I didn't have any role models. So there were a lot of rough financial years in those early days before I really got, got sort of my sea legs beneath me. And, um, I think that if I had to go back and do it over again, I would have invested in coaches and mentors much, much earlier because mm -hmm. that process did not need to be as painful. Mm -hmm. um, there are people that have done this a thousand times over and they are readily available and you can pay them to be able to pave that path for you. It doesn't need to be so hard. Mm. Yeah, totally. And it's interesting because there's, it's sort of this tough thing, right? When you're at the beginning, cause you're like, I don't have a lot of money, but if I invested in this, so how would you say, you know, what would you say to somebody who's like thinking about that where they're like, yeah, okay, I hear you. I'd love to hire a coach, but also I'm like barely getting by. What would you say to someone like that? I mean, don't jump off the proverbial ledge until you have a plan in place. Um, I, you know, with the nature of television, I was, uh, at some point I went freelance because I wanted to run this business and I wanted to be on TV. So I always had that going on the side as a second income stream until I was ready to really jump off the ledge. And so I very slowly started to hire those people as my de facto advisory board in order to be able to right the ship. Um, and that would be my biggest advice. Like don't, don't jump off until you've put that advisory board in place, like literally make a list of all of your fears and then put a name next to it and make that person your best friend. So you can call them at three in the morning when your supply chain issues are creeping up on you and you don't know what to do, you know, um, plan for it and then jump off the ledge ledge. I love that. I totally resonate with that. That's exactly how I did both of my businesses that I've owned, the first one was I was working in IT and I was like, I'm not doing IT. I know that. Yeah. <laughs> but then when I figured out what I wanted to do, I just transitioned like that. And it makes it so much less stressful too, because there's that like huge risk if you just jump in 
full with no money. Right. And here's the other thing is that you can wish to have a business. Like I know plenty of women that are working a corporate job right now and they have a side hustle that they want to realize as a full-time hustle and they can't see the glide path. They don't know how to get there. I think it remains a wish. I think it remains a dream until you actually sit down and make a plan around it. That mm-hmm. exit plan, that financial exit plan, what's that going to look like? And once you actually etch that into place, that's when you're actually going to start to see evidence of things start to materialize. Yeah. There's magic in writing stuff down and saying it out loud, isn't there? Okay. So what is one of your most proud business moments? I have done a ton of work on my mindset. As you can imagine, given my background and where I've come from, like I didn't have a lot of positive Um, messages around money and my ability to make money. And so I really struggled with that for many, many years, but I'd really doubled down. One of my favorite books that I read was Hal Elrod's Miracle Morning, where he interviewed hundreds of really successful people and then shares this morning routine that was life-changing for him. And so I adopted that. And one of the big things is to, you know, meditate and to really sort of tune into yourself and then start to adopt different messages about your deservability and your ability to make money. And that's another thing. If I had to go back and tell myself when I first started this business, that your mindset is the foundational piece for everything. Um, And as a result of that, and all the work I've done this two weeks ago, I just launched a mastermind at the highest price point that I had ever commanded. I didn't think it was possible, but I think it became possible because I surrounded myself with the right five people Mm -hmm. that made it possible for my mindset to shift. And I'm just really proud of that because that worthiness journey has been happening since I left home at 18 and I never commanded enough for myself while I was in TV. I certainly didn't command enough for myself when I first started this business, but I'm now commanding enough for myself and I've gotten over that hump that seemed insurmountable for so long. Mm, I love it. That's so great. So I'd love to hear um, one of your favorite client transformation stories. Uh, I would go back to the gal who is a VP at um, a bank in Canada. She, when she first came to me, she said that she just wanted to get better at storytelling. I didn't have context. And over the course of our working together for 12 weeks, she handed in her resignation like literally before the last class, she resigned from a 10 year career in banking and traditional banking. And it was borne out over that six, those 12 weeks that what she really wanted to do, she had another vision. She wanted to start a fund to change the conversation about the way women invest in women. Mm-hmm. And she knew, she was smart enough to know that she was gonna need to start telling stories about herself in order to be able to sell that vision, because this was going to be the new chapter of her life. And so she handed in her resignation. Um, like I said, the Friday before my class ended, she is now part of my membership and she's asked me to introduce her to other founders so she can get a sense of like, you know, what the funding environment and, and, and landscape is like. But I'm really just proud of her because, again, I think a lot of people come into a public speaking masterclass expecting confidence. And what they come out on the other side of it is really with courage. And courage looks like a lot of things, but I'm really just in so much admiration of the courage that I was able to cultivate in getting her to hand in those papers after a 10-year career. Yeah, 
That's a huge, I mean, I don't think that can be overstated, like how much courage it takes to resign or quit or whatever from something, even if you have something else lined up. Right. And she didn't have, correct me if I'm wrong, she didn't even have the next thing totally lined up yet, right? She didn't, but I think that she's probably done pretty well for herself. Yeah. Um, You know, you know, and that's, she's probably before she jumped off the ledge, put, you know, created that war chest before she left. But I think that the fact that she, so few people do as they say and say they're going to do. And the fact Mm -hmm. that she actually followed suit and my class was a catalyst for it, I think is something that I'm really proud of. Cool. I love it. All right. So what is something that makes you feel fully alive? Oh, travel. Mm. You can only imagine. I mean, I, I continued to travel even through the pandemic as much as I could. It really forced me to learn more about the contiguous 48 states in a way that I probably wouldn't have otherwise. Um, but travel is when I feel I'm growing because I'm completely outside of my comfort zone. I'm testing my boundaries in ways that I probably don't on a regular basis because I'm comfortable. So for me, I'm living the most in alignment and in flow when I am traveling. Cool. I love it. Yeah. We've, we've been traveling more and more. We did um, some road trips and I was asking my kids, you know, like what are their, what are their favorite memories from last year or the year before? And they're like our family road trips. And yeah, (laughs) it's just so much fun to go out and explore. And it's also a great time to bond in a way you probably don't. We, you know, my partner and I were just like on parallel paths during the week. And I'm sure you find that maybe, you know, when you're just in it, right, you're working, you're working and everybody's doing their own thing. I feel like travel is also an opportunity to reconnect with your loved ones. And and I'm sure being in a car does that. Yeah, totally. And hanging out at campsites and watching the stars and seeing the sunrise. Yeah, Yeah, no TV. Yeah. no notifications on your phone. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. Okay. So, um, thank you so much for sharing your story is really inspiring and really cool to hear about what you've created and like where you came from and how, how you're helping people. Um, I just, I, I think it's really important that, you know, you're doing that work and more, more and more people are doing this work. And I think it, it's really, for as bad as everything feels sometimes there's a lot of people doing really cool stuff so thank you for being one of those people we are such powerful people and so much of that energy that created the universe and humanity and animals and everything else lies dormant inside of us and i don't think that most of us take the time to really tap into that power and unleash it in a bigger way and if I could leave with anything, I think that it's just, if you can sit for a few minutes each day and just tap into that inner source, there's probably so much magic on the other side that you haven't explored. Mm, Awesome. Okay. So how can people get in touch with you? Well, uh, I am Joya Das, J-O-Y-A-D-A-S-S on all my platforms, Instagram and LinkedIn is probably where you're going to find me hanging out the most. Or you can email me at joya at joyadas.com. My website is joyadas.com. And I am launching the next cohort of my public speaking masterclass starting February 16th. So if you are a woman that's looking to really build that personal brand and you're really in it for the courage versus the confidence, feel free to DM me. Yeah. Well, you make it so hard. It's so (laughs) simple. I love it. Um, Okay. 
Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was great getting to chat with you today. Thank you for listening to Sacrifice to Success podcast. If you or someone you know would like to be a guest on the show, please check out the link in the show notes and you can find all of the details there. If you got something out of this interview, would you please take a moment to share on social media? You can just do a quick screenshot with your phone and text it to somebody or post it on the socials. Let's see if we can change the narrative of social media and post valuable, positive content. We are regularly putting out new episodes and content, so to make sure you don't miss any episodes, please go ahead and subscribe. Your thumbs up ratings and reviews go a long way to help promote the show, and they mean a lot to me. If you'd like to know more, go to my website, davidweavercoach.com, or you can follow me on LinkedIn or Facebook. Those links are also in the show notes. And I do also have a free training on my website as well. So thank you so much for listening, and we will see you next time.